0: I love the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I especially love the book of John, and it's written a little bit different than the other three, and we're going to discuss why and and the reason behind that. I believe that everything that we find in Scripture, God has a reason for why he has put that there. Uh, Some things we might just not know the reason why. And sometimes we do a little bit of studying, a little bit of digging, and we'll find those things out. Some things will be revealed to us in glory. And we read a, a str- I don't know, if I said we are going to start a discussion on Jesus Christ. And we're going to study a gospel. Okay, now here's the, here's the passage of scripture that I'd like to read in response to scripture. Ezekiel chapter 1. And we read that together just a few minutes ago. And as we read that together, I wonder how many of you said, John chapter 1, Ezekiel chapter 1. That was kind of weird. It's kind of a strange passage of scripture to read. And I'm hoping that maybe I might not. Usually on Communion Sunday, I don't get to where I want to. And that's okay uh, on a Sunday morning. But I'm hoping that in the next two weeks, You'll find out why we read this strange passage of scripture where Ezekiel has this vision of this flying vehicle and these living creatures and what that has to do with Jesus Christ. But I'd like to just start, start off with an, in, an introduction to the Gospel of John. I said, some of you guys, I would love for you to maybe bring a notebook or be ready to write in your Bibles. Um, I sent notes out this week for the first chapter of the book of John, and so I know that some of you guys have notes here, and you're all ready to go to write in things this morning, and we're going to do this study. Maybe you're saying, "I want to learn more about Jesus Christ. I want to learn more about God." And that's kind of my purpose, is to give us really a foundational look at the Gospel of John, because when someone accepts Jesus Christ, we're saying, "Okay, I'm a Christian." What should I do now? Well, start praying. Go to church. Get involved and read the Gospel of John. That's what we usually tell people to begin with. You know, when you're reading the Bible. And I understand that. I understand the reason why and I understand what what you could glean from the Gospel of John. But I also understand that when John was writing his book, he assumed that people knew a lot of things about the Old Testament and what God had already said, and he has a lot of those things in there. So there's a lot that we can learn about the Bible from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation from the Gospel of John. And so I've broken it up, and I'm actually going to put together an outline for you guys. And the first part of the outline that I'm going to present you with this morning is called Introduction to the Word. And so as we look at this, we're going to look at the first 18 verses, of the Gospel of John. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of that light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God. At any time, the only begotten Son, who is the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. This is an introductory statement to this book, so I'd like to introduce this book to him. First, first thing I've got to say is if we we're talking about like a modern definition, like some people come and they look at this, they might say that this book is anonymous. If you read it, there's no clear author in the book. I know we just read 1 John or John chapter 1, and in there we read about this there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And some people might be like, oh, that's who the book was written by. That's the guy who wrote No. And we'll get there and we'll explain the different Johns in the book. Today, I I, we all know a lot of Johns, don't we? It's become kind of a popular name. When I was working at the camp, I think one summer I had three guys named John working for me and i didn't have like a huge staff it was like 10% of the people that were working for me were named john and so it's a popular name and it was the same thing we see in the book of john and so don't think that that's who it is there are some books in the bible that we know who wrote it cuz they start out you know you know they tell us exactly who wrote it you get to the book of luke it, he's like theophilus i'm going to write i'm luke and i'm going to write to a book you know you get to some other books and Paul say, hey, I'm Paul. I wrote this book. and um, But that's not the case in this gospel. But at the same time, if we looked and if we did, did some study, the early church was overwhelmingly convinced and knew and, and were sold out on the fact that John wrote this book. The next thing that I read and something that, that why we tell people to start as they want to begin the Christian life. To read the book of John, to pour into it, is because this book is deeply personal. It may be more personal than any other book that's written in the Bible. In the Bible. You could probably make an argument that there are other more personal books. But I just I see the emotion of this author. As he talks about standing at the foot of the cross. As he talks about looking in to the empty tomb. Something that every single Christian in this room wishes they could do. Maybe the cross would be hard to look at, hard to observe. Would be difficult to watch the Savior die in our place but to run to the open tomb and and to see it empty and the Savior risen, we would all wish that we could be running with the author of this book and to witness that. And so for that reason, this book, is we get the personal feel. And we wish that we could could run with the author of this book to observe the empty tomb. And I, I put here something... It is very different from the synoptic Gospels. You might go... uh, you, You just throw that word out there, synoptic. I want to explain what I'm talking about. I want to tell you exactly what I mean. There are four Gospels. There are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call the first three the synoptic Gospels. And then there's John's Gospel. might seem like the odd guy out, but I think there's a reason the Holy Spirit had a reason and a purpose for that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels. I think you could look at it like this. They are like the newspaper version of the Gospel story of Jesus. It's like they came in and said, extra, extra, read all about it. Here's what Jesus Christ did. And they, they just list all this stuff, throw all this information. Here's what Jesus did over here. Here's what he did over here. Here's what he did over here. Read all about it. And those Gospels go out and the world is being changed. And then the Holy Spirit lays it on John's heart. The Holy Spirit, I've got I've to stress that, lays it on John's heart. What I believe in studying this is that the other Gospels have been being circulated around. And the Holy Spirit says, John, you've got to write a book. That's going to show the purpose and the plan in all of this. In your personal way. And I wrote down here something that is kind of a tidbit. Clement of Alexandria said John was conscious that the outward facts had been set forth in the Gospels. So in other words, we we believe that John knew what Matthew was writing about. He knew what Mark was writing about. He knew what Luke was writing about. And he comes and he wants to be supplemental information. You know, it's kind of like if we were to look at World War II. Uh, Dale Ford, who's usually here on Sunday nights, he gave me this, this newspaper about World War II. And I've got that in a special place in uh at my house, and I just thought that was a neat piece of history as you look at the conclusion of World War II and how it all ended. And I said, I want to hang that out and be able to show that to to my grandkids someday and be able to talk to them about it and how much of a big deal it was. And we could collect all the, the newspapers about World War II, and we, could, we would enjoy looking at them and reading them, but they're different in tone and tenor and information than someone who comes along a few years later and writes a book about World War II. And you'll get different information, supplemental different information. Some things may be left out. Some things may be added, depending upon the purpose of that gospel. So I wrote that down up here for you guys to write. It is supplemental material inspired by God to the other three gospels. Well, it's not like John came along and he said, oh, in Mark's book, he left this out. In Luke's book, he left this out. In Matthew's book, he left that out. So I just want to include all the... No, it's not it. Because sometimes John talks about the things that the other gospel writers talk about. But sometimes he talks about things that are completely different. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to form this and fashion this in a way that will have a purpose. And the Holy Spirit led John... To give us a verse at the beginning of the book and a verse at the end of the book that spells out his purpose, and I call those the key verses of the book. John 1, 12 and John twenty thirty one. I wrote, I put like a little key up there, and then I put this volume of books like with book ends on it, and I call those verses John 1, 12 and John twenty thirty one the bookends of this gospel. It begins the gospel, and it ends the gospel, and he tells you exactly what he's going to, going to say. John 1:12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. There's his point, there's his purpose. Get to John 2031, and I get to this part of the book, and I'm like, John is saying, if you haven't understood what I'm trying to say, I'm going to say it once again. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So he's saying, I'm not just here. To tell you the story of Jesus. We sing songs about that, right? Tell me the story of Jesus. We love the story of Jesus. But John says, Lots of people have heard the story of Jesus. They know who Jesus is. They've heard his name. My point is that you will believe that he's the Son of God. Equal with the Father. Come to die for your sins so you can have eternal life with him. And my point, my purpose is is that you will believe that and it will change your life for all of eternity. So as we study that, this book, that's the point. That's the reason. It's even I believe it's stated there that these two verses are the keys to the book. So in introduction, there are things different about this book than the other Gospels. Lots of things different. And so I put some of those things down just like to kind of help us understand what's going on here. Here are some things that we read in the other Gospels that you don't find in the book of John. The list is kind of surprising because you go, wow, when I think about Jesus, I think about that. Oh, I think about that. I think about that. One of the first things that surprises people, there's no parables in this book, no parables You talk to, you know, what did Jesus do? He went around telling people parables. Not found in the book of John. Oh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Yeah, sure, lots of them. Not in John. No kingdom teaching. You you go to the other Gospels, you're going to hear Jesus talk about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Not in the book of John. Now, I think part of that has to do with he's like, you know, Matthew's got that. He's got that all taken care of. The Holy Spirit's got a different purpose for me. No end times sermons or eschatological discourses. You know, the the $5 word for it. But he doesn't have these big, long teachings about the end times. The end times are woven all through this gospel. And there's going to be little phrases that are really going to hit you. And Jesus Christ is going to say, Jesus Christ just slipped that in there. He slipped that in there. But no big, long teachings about it. The Sermon on the Mount is not found in the book of John. The Lord's Prayer is not found written in the book of John. The Transfiguration of Jesus Christ not found written in the book of John. The Temptation of Jesus Christ found is not found written in the book of John. And there are no demons found written. So if you don't like demons, this is perfect for you. Right? But anyways, you won't find those things written in the book of John. Does that mean that those things aren't important? No, not at all. That just means the Holy Spirit led John to leave those things out. The key word. Far and above. The key word of the book of John. Is believe. There's going to be some important things as we talk about this book. And so I highlighted those things. I underlined them in my notes up there. But as we look at this book, the word believe is found in it over a 100 times. The book's 21 chapters. And and you, you almost could even, you know, chapter 21, sometimes with the way I've set up my lesson plans, sometimes I don't get to... 21's important. Like, I'm not neglecting it. But you could... You could stop John at chapter twenty, and you could say that's the gospel story and then you go twenty one is like the start of the church and so you could you could get that heading into that direction so even if you said twenty chapters a hundred times that's five times a chapter. do you think John was trying to, to, to talk teach us something? his purpose is amazingly about believing and having that personal relationship, believing in Jesus Christ. So every person who's found in the book, what they are measured against is what they did with their belief in Jesus Christ. This person believed. These people didn't. This person believed. Those people didn't. This person eventually believed. Right? I mean, that's great. In his book, it's like, Okay, well, let's watch the journey until this person believes. Because guess what? We've got people who, just like the people in this gospel, are asking questions, are doubting, are, are, seem to be running away from and doing the wrong things. Our purpose and our plan in life is to pray that one day they'll believe. To give them things like the gospel of John, whose sole purpose is that you would believe, believe, believe. Oh, that's really small, isn't it? Sometimes I don't think about how small it's going to come out when I put it up there. This book's purpose is to tie the life of Jesus Christ to the Old Testament Messiah and the Creator in a way that will convince you to believe. Most of the other New Testament books of the New Testament are to admonish or edify the believer of the Gospel of John purpose is to evangelize the world. I believe, and I've said this so many times, by the end of the book of John, he wants you to make a choice. Just like C.S. Lewis would say, when you get done reading this book, you have to make a choice. Is Jesus a liar, a lunatic, or is he the Lord? And Jesus Christ himself in his own teachings is going to say you have to make the choice don't be on the fence and his words are very very stern very important in those regards and so that's what i'm going to ask you to do as a matter of fact i've put that gavel on a number of the slides as we're going through here as we're going through here because so often what john does is he sets up his book like a courtroom. And Jesus Christ is going to call. And there's some times where, where I've looked and, and I've spent some time digging. And I say, how many times in these 10 verses do we find words that, that are like, give us the setting of a legal courtroom? Words like witness and testify and testimony and law and and there's just so many times in this book that i think and as we read this book what we ought to do is we're sitting in a jury and in our hearts jesus christ god in heaven has given you the right and the privilege of making the choice do you believe in jesus Or don't you? And John at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book, he says, if you believe, you become the sons of God. And you experience eternal life with Jesus Christ forever. But the choice is yours. And here, Jesus Christ himself is going to put himself on trial. And he's going to give witnesses himself. To his deity. He's going to let everybody else speak to the fact that he's the son of God. And that his work on the cross can pay for your sins. Awesome. I just love that. So we get to John chapter 1. And the first part of the book. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. There's this phrase that's used over and over and over again. Word, 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 word. It's, it's called the Logos or Christ the Logos Christology. It's the word that's written there in the Greek is the word Logos, word. And it create, it connects Jesus Christ to the creator God. Think back to the book of Genesis. God said, let there be light. God said, let us make man in his image. Let's look up to that verse in Isaiah chapter 55. This is something new that I've added to my thoughts in the gospel of John. But in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11, it says, For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I was a Gideon for a while, and I really enjoyed my time being a Gideon, going out and passing out New Testaments and and sharing the Word of God with people like that. Um, I've told people once or twice as I've talked about Gideons, I said, "I I got kicked out of the Gideons. How do you get kicked out of the, you know, you're a pastor. Yeah, you're not allowed to be a pastor and be a Gideon. So when I got ordained, I had to say, Gideons, I'm sorry, but I have to leave this organization because it's supposed to be a businessmen's organization. Uh, Clergy are not supposed to be a part of that group. So I'm glad for my time with the Gideons, and I'm glad that I got kicked out too. Okay? So, but in that, if you go to a Gideon dinner, Love Gideon dinners and, you know, the time of uplifting and encouragement and getting into the word of God and prayer. But if you go to Gideon dinner and they, they are telling you about the importance of the Bible, they often have this verse. And I'm encouraging them. I know there's a number of Gideons here. Don't stop using this verse because it applies absolutely to the word of God. But in looking at this. It applies to Jesus Christ because he was the word made flesh. And when God sent forth his son, born of a virgin, he had a plan to save us from our sins. And when God sent his son into the world, God had a plan for him. And he fulfilled that plan. That he had set out. Also John chapter 1 as we are introduced to the word. In the beginning beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. It focuses on Jesus Christ pre-existence. Something that's a major theme through the book. That before the world was created there was Jesus Christ. He is the author and sustainer of creation. He was not created by God. It's very important for you to understand. He is equal and one with the Father. It focuses on His work of creation. It also focuses on the fact that He's part of the Trinity with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And as we are inter- as we are getting introduced to this work, I'd like us to also think about some things that we will find in John chapter in the book of John. I talked about some things that we won't find in the book of John. I'd like to talk about some things that we will find. We will find the value of believing. It's stressed. It's it's a big point in the book. We also will find. Jesus signs. That's very, very important that I use that word. I use it different than the word miracle. Matthew, Mark, and Luke have miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Dozens and dozens of miracles. John has seven of them. I'm going to spell them out. Only seven. I've gone around the room and I, I've asked people at certain times. I've said, How many miracles do you think Jesus has Jesus has done? And they come up with numbers and, and you know, dozens, fifty, hundred, and I say, how many do you think the book of John has? And when the number seven, we go, oh. That doesn't mean that Jesus only did seven miracles. That means that, G- that John chose seven that he calls signs. And it's almost like a sign that says, believe that Jesus is God. Believe that Jesus is God. You no, know, because there's lots of miracles that are out there in the Bible that were performed by other people than Jesus. But these seven are important that they say Jesus is God. Another thing that we're going to see through this book is his I am statements. His I am sayings, uh, which point to the fact that he's Jehovah God. He's going to talk about his "our." Oops, I've missed one. His I believe, the I believe statements where someone comes and says, I believe that Jesus is. I believe that Jesus is. I believe that Jesus is. He talks about his hour over and over again. My hour is not yet come. 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 And then all of a sudden, my hour's here. And whoa, everything changes. Greater things, personal testimonies, and picture words. And I'll explain some of the, these things are are topics that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. As we learn about Jesus Christ and we learn about great words of the faith. And today I'd also like to look at in John chapter one, in our introduction to the word. There are a bunch of important, important words that John chapter one, verses one to 18 are going to look at. The first one is God. That's an important word, I would think, right? In the beginning was God. We're going to look at the word life. We're going to look at the word light. Darkness. Believe. Witness. Truth. The world. The word know not N-O, but K-N-O, and Father. Those are all words that are very, very, very important to this book that we are introduced to in John chapters 1 to 18. And I know I started off saying we're going to talk about Ezekiel chapter 1. It's the next thing in my notes, so there's no way I'm getting to it this morning. So if you want to know what we were talking about in Ezekiel chapter 1 and what it had to do with in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, you're going to have to come back next week. Sorry. But I hope to see you all here. And I'd like you to bring a friend. Somebody who might want to learn about Jesus Christ. Who might want to, who you would like to see them believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Because my purpose my plan is to prove over and over again that Jesus is worthy of believing in and that the eternal life that he provides goes beyond your wildest imaginations. I just, I love Jesus Christ. And the deeper understanding that I have of this book makes me fall more in love with it. You're going to hear me say this a lot through this book. I want to be a man that never got over the fact that Jesus loved him. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you and I praise you uh, for this book that we've been introduced to today. And as we get introduced to the Word of God, the God that became flesh, I pray that you might help us Get excited about Jesus Christ. To, Lord, live our faith before you. And, Lord, I pray that you might help us to hide that verse, John chapter 1 and verse 12, in our hearts. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God, even to those that believe in his name. In Jesus' name, amen.